I dreamed a dream lately. You'll be a woman soon. He can't I that. am man. I am gay. I am white. I yes, estimate we became the beast. The other. I wish I was invisible. I wish I was invisible. I wish I was a dark girl. I am I am This was my idea. Who was making me? It was an autumn evening, and it was cold. The brutal western wind battered anything that stood in its way. The rain was practically horizontal as it approached a young family, wrapped in wool and cotton and anorak. They sauntered along the beach, determined to enjoy the outdoors. Sure, they hadn't come all this way just to be cooped up inside, but more importantly, they had to tire out the children and hope that they'd, for once, sleep through the entire night. Water, I'm coming! No, you're cannot. The mother caught her four-year-old Lucy and flung her into the air. Gotcha. But I've got my wellies on. Oh, I know you do. You're just a little seal, aren't you? No! Seers are bald. They're not bald. They're covered in fur. On, the eldest child, was six and indignant at his sister's obvious lie. Hadn't they just seen a seal sheltering from the elements on the other cove? Oh, to be far again and blissfully unaware, he thought. Well, they look bald. All right, you lot. We should probably head back. They walked with ruddy faces up a darkening country road, avoiding potholes along the way. Well, most of them were. The parents winced every time their son ran and leapt into a puddle. Owen, you don't have to jump in every single one, you know. I've got my wellies on. And Lucy, pull your hood up, please, or you'll get wet. Well, wetter. They reached a housecomb cottage painted greyish-white over cracked plaster. There is no thatch roof here, expensive and unrealistic defence against the coastal weather. It was traditional, atmospheric, and a fecker to heat. In you go, come on. Yes, after you. The family ran up a stone path through the overgrown garden, squealing as they did so. They burst through the old door, right about now. We're back! Gran, we saw a seal. Boots off, please. It was bold. You don't want mud all over the floor. It's covered in fur. Hiya, Mum. Sorry, did they shock you? Well, it looked bold. <laughs> Jesus, no. I could hear you from a mile off. The only thing louder than that wind is this pair. Look at the state of you. You're soaked through. My hood wouldn't stay up. And how is it meant to stay up if you keep pulling it down? I'll grab some towels. Just in the hot press. Thanks. I should really get a start on tea then. No, Mum, we're cooking tonight. Ah, well, wouldn't want to be an imposition. You can be on Granny, Judy. Honestly, you've got the short straw there. (laughs) All right, then. You know where everything is? Yes, Mum. All right, stick these towels round you, please. Thank you. I want the green one. Lucy, don't grab, please. Sorry. I'll go help in the kitchen. You good? All right, you two. Settle yourselves down now. Can we watch Papa? Good God. No. 
How about I tell you a story instead? Yes! Fine. Settle yourselves right there, then. I want that pillow! It's not a pillow. It's a cushion. And I saw it first. But that pillow's my favourite! You know that! You see? He had the pillow first. It's a cushion. You can have this one. But... This is a special one. Why? Because... Because it was knit by Pepper Pig herself. Now both of you sit yourselves down. All right, then. It goes like this. A long time ago, a woman was walking through the forest, not far... Pigs can't knit, though. Oh, I swear... They can't. A woman was walking in a forest, not far from where we are now. You see that in time. The land all around here was full of trees, right down to the coastline. This woman loved nothing more than to explore the forest and marvel at the way the sunlight peeked through the topmost leaves, the way the birds rustled through the branches, the way water trickled through rocks in the streams. People would scold her. What if you get lost? What about the wolves? Aren't you afraid of the dangers out there? But she would simply reply, I'll find my way. I have my knife. No. She was brave and a woman, and therefore most people agreed that she was likely mad. Her name was Neve. On a still grey morning, Neve marched through the undergrowth, brushing past fern, angelica, brambles and hogweed. Following a route she knew so well, she could hear birds singing and the tip-tap of water still dripping after last night's rainfall. Neve trod onwards. She had things to do, places to see. She was not one for idling on a path already ventured. Nave walked along a narrow, muddy path, winding his way along the hillside. To her left, the earth fell away into a steep downward slope. To her right, twisting trees loomed large and foreboding. She arrived at the trunk of a large fallen tree that blocked her way. Hitching up her tunic and tucking it into her belt, she holed herself up, ignoring the slimy bark slicked with morning dew. She just managed to stand when her foot slipped. Her eyes widened at the steep slope, plunging below her. Nave put her arms over her face and fell. She hit the ground and rolled. Through mud, elder and horsetail, through bluebells, liverwort and yellowing oak leaves. Until she landed on soft ground. Nave peered out from behind her arms and looked at an unfamiliar landscape. She had never been in this part of the forest before. She clambered to her feet, checking herself for injury, but... Apart from muddy clothes and a very bruised ego, she was grand. It was quiet, oddly so. It was as if the woods were holding a collective breath. She noticed that there was a light emanating from a short distance away. She made a tentative step forward towards the source. She had arrived in a clearing. A gentle mist enveloped the area, hanging in the air as if suspended by the finest silver thread. Wildflowers decorated the ground in a myriad of violets, yellows, pinks, and creams. In the middle of the clearing, there is a raised earthly mound, which she recognized as the entrance to a passage tomb. Its doorway was made of three oblong stones. She had seen them before, but there was something different about this one. Nave approached the tomb and brushed her hand across the entranceway. Beneath her fingers, she felt the grooves of the carvings 
and etched designs that swirled, curved, looped, and spiraled across the face of the stone. Aren't you afraid of the dangers out there? No. On the back of her neck, Nave felt the tiny hairs standing on end. She turned to see a stranger standing behind her, several feet away. She stared at the person. Their tunic and cloak seemed to shimmer with many colors, clasped with a pin of silver, was it? Or gold? It seemed to change hue each time it glinted in the light. She looked up at the stranger's face. Their eyes were the green of the wild grass surrounding them. Hi. Hello. You don't know me. No, I don't. So just be on your way there. Nave was on guard. But they didn't move. If anything, it seemed that their lips curled into a slight smile. Were they mocking her? If there was one thing Nave would not stand for, it was having the piss taken out of her. Grandso, I leave. She began to stride across the clearing. But something inside her was telling her to stay. Even just for a moment longer. She turned to look at the stranger once more. Where are you from? They raised a hand and gestured toward the entrance to the passage tomb. <laughs> I, I'm sure. Her sarcastic smile faltered. We have always been here with you. We have a history which is linked and entwined with yours. But never seen, never recorded. Never honestly. Yeah, fair enough. Do you always talk in riddles? <laughs> Not always. I sometimes get a bit carried away. It was then that Nave remembered the stories that her people told her of the others. Those that were strange, different, that lived in the other world. The warnings came to her in a flash. Never trust them. Their only want is to take you away. They steal children, transport them away to their secret lair. Gods only knows what happens to them. They're deceitful. Degraded. Disgusting. Never trust them. What do you want? For you to come with me. They gestured again to the entrance of the passage tomb. Nave squinted at them. You what? Oh no! What? Grand, she can't go with them. They steal children. We don't know that yet. Own spot on there. Sure, I haven't finished telling you the story. Hold your horses, Lou. But the woman said... And do you believe everything that people tell you? Not everyone. Grandso, shall I continue? Wait! What's liverwort? A plant. Now, where was I? They asked her to come with them, and then... Yes, okay, so... Nave ran as fast as she could. She thought herself lost, but now... It was as if she'd always known the way. She'd been asked to go away with this stranger, and although logically she knew she should say no, everything in her wanted to say yes. And so she did. But on one condition. She'd have to return to her family and tell them of her plan. It wouldn't be fair to just disappear. Reaching the edge of the forest, she saw her homestead. The round huts with their brown cob walls, grey smoke seeping from the tall thatched roofs. 
She faltered for a moment. She knew this wouldn't go well. How many times must I tell you no? You're my responsibility whether you like it or not. I'm a grown woman. I can do what I like. I knew she should have been married by now. This would never have happened if she was married. Well, I didn't want to be married. It's not about what you want. It's about what's right, and those things aren't right. I've made my decision. Things will never be the same, Neve. Think about it. I have. Aren't you afraid of the dangers that will come from this? No. That night, Neve arrived back to the clearing where the stranger was sat on a rock. Their cloak pulled close around them to shield off the cold wind. You came back. I said I would. Now, what's next? The stranger held out a hand, their palm warm in hers. Together, they walked toward the entrance to the tomb and paused. Wait. Why me? What? Why me? Why did you choose me? It wasn't a choice. They looked at each other. Nave nodded. All right. As we step through, I want you to repeat after me. Okay. Hand in hand, they step forward into the entrance. I am an estuary to the sea. I am an estuary to the sea. I am a wave of the ocean. I am a wave of the ocean. I am the bull of seven battles. I am the bull of seven battles. As they passed into the darkness of the tomb, Nave's eyes began to adjust to the gloom. But then, light began dancing in her periphery and formed into images from the life that she had always known. The forest, the sea, the roundhouses and the sky. It was as if the world around them was melting, disintegrating, and rebuilding again. I am the strength of art. I am the strength of art. They stepped out of the tomb and they were back in the clearing within the forest as if nothing had happened. Nave looked around her. What's going on? We're just back where we started. Not quite. This is the other world. No, this is my world. We were just here. Oh, did you expect it to look different? Well, I'll be honest, I expected something. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint. No, it's Our just... worlds are not so different. In fact, in all but a few ways, they're really quite the same. Our wind is just as cold, our rain just as wet, our sun just as warm, and just as unpredictable for that matter. What were those words you had me repeat? It was a foundation poem. And that is? It is a way of claiming a land for your people and staking your legitimate claim as a rightful inhabitant. You are now a rightful inhabitant of the other world. And my world? The two don't work together. Why not? That's just the way it is. It's the way it's always been. Hmm. Nave went with the stranger to their home, 
where she met the people of the other world. They were not so strange, not so different. There certainly weren't any stolen children, nothing degraded or dangerous. Nave heard tales and poetry, enjoyed music and dance that she could have never imagined possible. The people of the other world became her family too. Before too long, the stranger became her stranger. Their relationship blossomed into a deep love, the like of which Nave had only ever heard tell of. They were partners, fastened together, not against the world, but with it. Nave had never felt so like herself. She savoured every moment of this newly found confidence and zest for life. Time passed in the blink of an eye. She had been residing in the other world for many years. But one thing still troubled her. She missed her old family. Nave still couldn't understand the disconnect between her two peoples. One day, she turned to her partner and said, I want to go back. What? I want to see my parents. Are you not happy here? Or is it me? Of course I'm happy with you. I'm happy here. I've never been so happy. Well then, why? I want to explain to my family that these people, that you, my new family, are not what they think. Neve, it won't work. Please, don't you give me warnings too. I've had enough of that in my time. Look, my mind is made up. I've seen this before. It's just... just history repeating itself. Others have tried and failed. Failed to change minds, to treat wounds and build bridges. What's the point if you don't try? We shouldn't have to always be the ones to try. Why is it always our job and not theirs? I don't know. I do. It's because our need for love is stronger than their fear and hate. Always has been. But you don't have to be the martyr. I want to do this. And so the tale begins again. I'm going to patch this... this disconnect. No matter what it takes. Fine. I'll support you in this. I'm scared, though, that, that I'll never see you again. That won't happen. No! Oof, what now? She can't go back. What if she gets stuck, like they said? <sighs> well, I think at the time it just didn't work. Um... Why can't she just live in both worlds? Well... She's gonna get lost if she goes back. Why? Why do you think she'll get lost, love? I don't know. I... I I think I've heard this one before. Well, I think we've all heard a version before. Let's see what happens, will we? The pair travelled back into the clearing. The entrance to the passage tomb loomed large before them. The swirls and curls of the carvings, just as beautiful as the first day Nave saw them all those years ago on the other side.
The entrance to the passage tomb loomed large before them. The swirls and curls of the carvings just as beautiful as the first day Nave saw them all those years ago on the other side. I know you won't like this, but I must give you one final warning. You cannot let your hand touch the earth back in your world. If you do, you may never return here. What? But why? Only the gods can answer that. It's just the, the way... way it is. I get it. Nave bent down from where she stood and scooped some dry dirt from the ground, pouring it into a little leather pouch hanging from her belt. There. Now I've got some other world with me. With a kiss, good boy, Nave parted ways with her stranger. She looked back at them, standing in the clearing surrounded by wildflowers in the pale, early morning light. Then she stepped into the passage tomb. She watched the world melt and reconfigure itself around her. She stepped out of the tomb and into the forest that she had trekked through for some many years, all those years ago. Her stranger's words of warning still fresh in her ears. Careful not to trip on any root or slip on any patch of wet mud. You cannot let your hand touch the earth back in your world. At the edge of the forest, she saw the homestead in the distance. She breathed out. The relief of finally seeing her family again was twinged fear. What if she had changed too much? What if they wouldn't accept her? She pushed those feelings down and marched on. She was determined. She reached her family's roundhouse with its familiar thatched conical roof. As she came to the doorway, she peered inside. There, by the fire, was her mother, looking older, but still the same woman. Neve. The two women embraced for what felt like an eternity, and yet not long enough. Nave's father arrived and fell to his knees when he saw his much-grown daughter home at last. The hours passed as Nave told them all about her time in the other world. Her love, her new family, the joys that she had experienced and the stories that she had heard. They listened quietly. They were cautious, but curious. They asked questions and attempted to wrap their heads around what their daughter was telling them. Nave knew that centuries of fear and mistrust wouldn't be fixed in one day, but with time, healing may begin. Then it was time to return to the other world. Her parents were once again heartbroken to see her go. But if there was one thing they knew about their daughter, once her mind was made up, there was no change in it. I'm happy that you're happy, Neve. You really never were afraid of life's dangers, were you? <laughs> no. Neve walked to the doorway and stopped, placing her hand on the wall. She turned and looked back at her parents. She was about to call out a final goodbye when her gut clenched. She looked at her hand, resting on the wall of her parents' home. She realized in horror that, of course, the wall was made from cob, a combination of straw, water, and packed earth. Her heart sunk. Nave sprinted through the forest, 
her heart pumping in her chest. How could she be so stupid? How could she make such a simple mistake? Her legs burned beneath her, but she did not care. The tomb was dark, the carvings hidden in shadows. She approached it slowly, trying to steady her breath. She stepped inside, and that is where she stayed. No. No. Neve's own words flooded her mind. I'm going to patch this disconnect, no matter what it takes. She stamped out of the tomb and looked around her, blinded by angry tears. Now I've got some other world with me. She opened the bag on her belt and poured the other world dirt into her hand. Then she bent down and scooped up some dirt into her other hand. Her jaw and her fists clenched. Whatever it takes. She walked back to the entrance and took up a position with one foot inside and one foot outside. Then she thrust her arms into the air and cried out, the words coming from her very soul. I am an estuary to the sea. I am a wave of the ocean. I am the bull of seven battles. I am the sweat in the night. I am an exhale of breath. I am the other you forgot. I am the passage through. Let me be the passage through. She finished her foundation poem and released her fists, letting the dirt fall. The earth of the other world fell to the earth of this world. The earth of this world fell to the earth of the other world. In a flash, the worlds were fused as one, and Nave was gone. Rain began to fall in the clearing. The wind stroked the topmost leaves of the trees, and while no human was there to witness it, the forest knew what had transpired here. No longer would people be forced to choose one world or the other, for the other world and this world were one from that day onwards. There are still people who find otherness strange, scary, or wrong. But we're not one of those people, are we? No! No, we're not. Gran? Yes, Pat? So were the people from the other world magic? Yes, because they, um, they, they time travelled. No, Gran never said that. Some may have called them that. Though throughout the ages, there have been many names for those who inhabited the other world. Were they magical? Gods? Supernatural beings of light? (laughs) No. No, I don't think so. I think that they were people, just like you and me, going about their business, hoping that tomorrow will be slightly better than today. Right, you lot, dinner time. In you go. Hands washed first, please. Lucy, that means you. I'm going to the other world! I'm coming! Mum... Did you just tell my impressionable young children that story about fecking off with a stranger? (laughs) I mean, that wasn't quite the moral I was going for. I didn't even know you were listening in. Bits and pieces. Though I know it like the back of my hand. I miss Mommy too. Yes. She told it a lot better than me. I think I left out something about a horse. I don't know. I think he did a good job. You alright, Mum? Ah, yeah, I'm fine. It's just a lot quieter around here without her. Usually. (laughs) 
come on then. Enter the madness. The family went to their beds that night in a little housecomb cottage. Outside, the Irish autumn wind still battered anything in its path. The rain fell, the sea churned, and somewhere not far from where they are now, a passage tomb stands in a circle of raised earth. Overgrown with weeds, the carvings eroded. It's a sight of little significance other than the faded memories of the ancient past. But some say that in some lights you can see the ghostly shape of someone standing in the entranceway, their arms upstretched towards the sky. But of course, that's just a myth. You've been listening to Myth, Episode 4 of Make Me, an audio drama series by Flugelman Productions. Myth was written by Connor Gormley and directed by Maria Grazia LaFauci. Starring the acting talents of Bordeaux Black, Julie Maguire, Saoirse Connolly, Kiva Ferran, Fergus Radigan, Fiona Goff and Sierra Power. Sound design and editing by Beth Duke. Make Me is a six-part audio drama exploring identity, the labels we wear and the boxes we tick. To listen, follow at underscore Flugelman on Twitter and Instagram or find us on Spotify. I'm Hayley Ricketson, producer and creator of the Make Me series. You can find more details about this episode and the series on Flugelman's socials or website, www.flugelman.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>